0: shepherds bring people to life through Jesus, but those who avoid Jesus are dangerous to the flock. Jesus, the gate, provides sanctuary for the sheep. This sanctuary grants abundant life, pasture, and salvation for those who follow the shepherd's trustworthy voice. The gospel for this fourth Sunday of Easter comes to us from the 10th chapter of the Gospel of St. John. Jesus said, let me set this before you as plainly as I can. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen, instead of going through the gate, you know he's up to no good. A sheep rustler. The shepherd walks right up to the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate to him and the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he gets them all out, he leads them and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. Jesus told this simple story, but they had no idea what he was talking about. So he tried again. I'll be explicit then. I am the gate for the sheep. All those others are up to no good. Sheep stealers, every one of them. But the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out and find pasture. A thief is only there to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life more and better life than they ever dreamed of. In contrast to the murderous, thieving destroyers, Jesus the gate provides sanctuary for the sheep. This sanctuary grants abundant life, pasture, and salvation for those who follow the shepherd's trustworthy voice. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. So, I'm happy to report that I sold all my puppies, which was a big relief. But I have two left, one I'm keeping and one I'm babysitting till the family gets their house done, which cannot happen soon enough for me. And I almost brought them in today to illustrate to you what I've learned about Gates in the last couple months because I've learned a lot. But I thought, oh, boy, some people think it's great, and other people will really complain, so I left the puppies at home. You see, I have two of them now. The one that we're keeping is named Sven, Sven the Swede. He's a light blonde lug who's kind of just a blob who takes it easy, and the other one's name is Leslie, who's slightly more high energy and assertive about what she wants in life. Now, when the puppies were first born, I had a nice whelping box, and everything was fine, and then... When they got older and obviously needed more room, I added on one of those little gray plastic exercise gates. Do you know what I'm talking about? That people can get both for pets but for kids. You know, it's sort of like a giant octagon playpen. And that was great. Puppies loved it. They could look outside, and they were in their gates, and it was wonderful. And then one day, Leslie decided that was no longer suitable for her. I had a hint of that because she started flipping over the dog bowl and standing on top of that to look out over the gate. Well, about two days later, Leslie decided that wasn't good enough anymore, and she can crawl over that gate in about 15 seconds, which caused all kinds of trouble for me to try to figure out, I've got to keep this, I cannot have this puppy running through my house for obvious reasons. And what's interesting to me was that, at that time, when she did that, there were three other puppies in the pen who all watched her do this. And you would think they'd go, oh, look what she's doing, let me do that. But not a one of them did. Not one of them took her example. It's only Leslie who wants to climb out over this gate. Well, now that it's gotten a little warmer out, I've, ta- I've got a big, tall gate now. I, I had to go get a big gate, taller, that there's no possible way she can get out of. But then I took the other one. I had two sections of it, and I made a big play yard in the, out in the yard. And they can play in that play yard. And eventually, though... Leslie gets bored in that play yard, and over she goes. Now, why do I talk about this in church? Because it's a lot like us. In fact, it's exactly like us. Jesus has got to be the worst possible gatekeeper who's ever existed. In fact, Jesus stinks as a gatekeeper because Jesus, moment by moment, minute by minute, second by second, fails to keep us in the gate, in the fenced in area. He constantly fails to buttress put up obstacles to those places that we keep finding ways to sneak out of the gate. He's got a problem on his hands. Because we find ways to stand up on the dish, look out over the gate, and go, oh, look over there. I think I want to check that out. And before you know it, we got our foot stuck in a hole or we're almost hit by a car. Any number of occasions, some other wild animal comes and leads us down a path that we shouldn't be going. Jesus stinks as a gatekeeper. Have you ever thought of that? But is it true? It's true. I am the gate. And I'm a lousy gate. That's what he should say. I'm the gatekeeper, and I am one lousy gate. Because I'm going to let you go in and out as you choose. And I'm going to trust that at those moments, when you get yourselves in trouble, you're going to hear my voice and know how to get back to me. And then here's the thing. When you come back to me, I am not going to smack you on the nose or smack you on the behind. I'm going to open the gate, and I'm going to let you right back in. So another dog story. Henry, my 75-pound male, if he should get out of the gate, he has this little ritual that he likes to do. He runs down to the end of the corner, past the store, and takes a right. And he has to go up about a quarter of a mile, for what purpose, I don't know, until he gets to that point, and then he turns around and runs back. Now, if we should go and chase after him, he will continue to run, because he thinks this is the best darn game that's ever been invented. But if we stop and say, come here, Henry, come on. Guess what he does? He comes running full bore at us and returns home. That's what Jesus has discovered about you. When you escape out of the gate and you go tearing off to whatever area you think is what's going to get you happiness or joy or life that really is a is a position that could get you hit by a car, knocked over, lost, into major trouble. Jesus doesn't go back. Jesus says, Come on, Sharon. Come on, Sharon. Come on, girl. Come on, Bob. Come on, Janice. Come on, Pat. Come on, Stephanie. Come on, come on, come on, come on. <gasps> Good girl. Good boy. Here's a treat. Come back. Get in the gate. Because I love you. We haven't evolved that far. And why does Jesus do that? Well, one, he can't help himself. He loves you so much. That when you get, when you risk getting hit by a car or getting into trouble and you turn around and you run back his reaction is not his reaction is oh thank heavens we missed it again come back come back come back to me Jesus wants you to come back, and you should never, ever be afraid, Hannah, or anybody else, to come back. There's nothing that you can do that will cause God to do anything less in Jesus Christ than say, Come on! Come on! Come on! Come here! Good girl, good boy. Come on, come on, come on. Let's get back inside. Because he wants you there with him. He wants you there with him. Now here's the other thing that I notice about dogs. That when they're out running around, the only thing that's more exciting than finding another dog, find there's only one, I'm sorry, goof that up. There's only one thing more exciting than running as a dog out free, and that's having another dog run with you. And if you can get three or four more to run with you, even better. Then you got a real race on your hands. And the nice thing is, though, if one of them hears their owner's voice, guess what? They all come with them. Jesus wants you to go outside the gate. He wants you to get outside the gate. That's the weird thing about this. Jesus has an open door, open gate policy. He he has an open gate policy so that y- you will go out there. He hopes that he's given you enough knowledge to know, don't get hit by cars. Don't take food. don't Don't do things that you shouldn't be doing. Don't dig holes. Don't Eat the neighbors' bushes. Don't pee on Mrs. Smith's prize begonias. Whatever. He hopes that you know enough about that. But he also wants you, when you hear his voice beckoning you home, he's hoping that the dogs you're running with will come with you. That's part of that open door, open gate policy that he has. And you catch those other dogs or people in whatever state you find them. Assuring them that when they come running back to the gate with you, they're going to get that same welcome. Come here! Come on! Come on! Come in! i got treats for you. I've got a holy supper for you. I've got a bath for you. I've got Something that will wipe your slate clean, take your muddy paws, take your muddy muzzle, take your muddy fur, and wash you clean, and you will be a brand new dog. It's like that hairy dog. Do you know that hairy dog, that story, that children's story? Who escapes from his house, and he gets all full of dirt, and his family doesn't recognize him when he comes home. And they're saying so they're so sad they've lost their dog and they say, But this seems like a nice dog, and then they wash everything off and they go, Oh, this is my dog. Same thing with God. In baptism, when Jojo got baptized, all that dirt that Jojo had all over him got washed clean. And God said, Jojo, I know you. You're my dog. No, he didn't say that. He said, You're my child. Welcome home. So while today's message in the gospel is about sheep, I'm telling you about what I know better, which are dogs. But the message is the same. Invite somebody to come home. Those packs you're running with, those people you're encountering as you're running around the neighborhood, and those moments when you get out, Have them run back towards you, towards home with you. Let them hear that voice. Assure them that when they get close to the gate, assure them that what they're going to get when they get there are treats and love, a good bath and a brushing, plenty of food to eat, and a whole bunch of love. And that they're going to find a life That they never could have dreamed of. It's a dog's life. But better than that, it's a life with Christ. Amen.